Welcome back to Presence and Purpose, a show all about helping you build an authentic online presence and live out your God-given purpose. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know that seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Arndt. I built my brand strategy business back in the beginning of 2018 and quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. Now I help Christian coaches and service providers do the same. I'm here to help you attract the right clients and build a thriving online community with tangible tips, behind-the-scenes stories from women just like you, and lessons learned on all things branding, finding your people, sharing your message, and so much more. friends. I'm really excited to talk to you today. I'm going to be diving into where the heck are those ideal clients of yours. I'm going to be sharing three reasons why you might not be attracting them right now and how you can fix it. So if you are wondering where the heck are my ideal clients, this is the episode for you. So first of all, I want to say ideal clients has become kind of a buzzword, hasn't it? Um, All of us want to attract those dreamy clients who value our work, happily pay us. You know, they're tons of fun to work with. They regularly refer people to you like that is the entrepreneur dream, right? Um, Except I know that when you are stuck in a cycle of working with whoever comes your way because you feel like if you don't take on that client, then you won't get the income that you need, it kind of sounds like a pipe dream. And I assure you that it isn't. I hear you, though, because I've been there and I know how frustrating it is, which is why I want to help you today. So right now, if you are either attracting clients who aren't the best fit for your services um, or you're not attracting any then this episode is going to be really helpful for you because I know you want to have a business and not an expensive hobby. So I'm going to help you identify what's going on right now, right? And help you hopefully finally start bringing in those clients that really light you up. So like I said, I'm going to walk you through three um, big possible reasons why you are not attracting those ideal clients yet. Um, And then I'm going to give you an action step for each of those so that you can implement along the way. All right, so let's jump in. So reason number one that you are not attracting your ideal clients is you don't know who you're actually talking to. And I know this sounds extremely obvious, but you'd be surprised how many entrepreneurs haven't really taken the time to think about who their ideal client is beyond like the surface level um, description or maybe this vague idea of who their ideal client is. So no worries if you are here because you are totally not alone in this. In fact, this is one of the most common things that I hear from um, my clients and women in my audience. So maybe this is you right now. You have a hard time knowing what to say or how to say it. You get crickets when you like pour out your heart into these posts um, and you don't get people resonating with it and it's really frustrating. Maybe you are attracting, like I said, all sorts of people who are not the right fit for your services. Or maybe right now you are still just feeling really resistant to narrowing down your ideal client and you still feel like this counterintuitive feeling of if I limit the type of person that I work with, 
I'm going to be limiting my income potential, the money that I'm bringing into my business, um, which is definitely not true because what you're doing when you're narrowing down your ideal client is that you are repelling people, yes, but you're repelling the ones that aren't going to get results from the work that you do. They are not a good fit for working with you, right? So they're going to be frustrated. You're going to be frustrated, right? Like it's, it's not a good place to be in your business. Um, so if you are feeling that resistance, I would really encourage you to um, push past that and maybe maybe process those feelings. Um, so whatever the case, if that if those things that I just described, if that sounds like you, I have an action step for you, and that is to define your ideal client. And in order to do that, I want you to think about some important things. And I'm going to say here to really go with your gut. Like this is an intuitive process in terms of figuring out who you feel the most called to work with. Um, so like I said, go with your gut. So here's a couple questions for you. So number one, think about who is the type of person that I feel the most called to work with right now, right? And I say most because you might have, you might feel kind of torn. Um, maybe you have a couple different ideas in mind, but think about, um, you know, who, again, who you feel the most called to work with right now. And remember that this can always change, right? Most people that I know, in fact, I don't think I can think of anyone I know in the online business world that has not changed up their ideal client, right? So you, you might feel really called to work with one type of person right now. And that might grow and evolve as your business grows and evolve. And that's, that's totally normal. So I just say that to assure you that it's not this like concrete decision, right? If you decide right now that this is the person I feel called to work with, and then a couple months down the road or a year down the road, um, that changes, go ahead and change that, right? Like you are the boss of your business. You you have all, um, all rights to do that. So number two, think about what are the demographics for that person. So these are things like age, um, family status, occupation, right? The things that, that's usually where people stop. Um, And that's not where I'm going to have you stop, but that's just kind of the surface level. Like, let's figure that out first. Um, And with this step, though, I want you to get super specific. So think about the demographics. Um, but then get really specific, like I said. So for example, if you are like, I want to work with moms. Okay, great. What kind of mom? Is it a stay at home mom? Is it a first time mom? Are they an empty nester? Are they work from home moms? Are they, you know, working in the office in a corporate career? You know, think about what that is exactly. Or another example is if they are a business owner or an entrepreneur, that's awesome. What kind of business do they have? So think about, is it an online business or is it a brick and mortar? Um, are they a coach or a service provider? Are they product-based? Do they Are they in an MLM? Um, are they full-time or part-time in their business? Like these are all ways that you can get even more specific um, with who that person is. And I want to point out another thing that might be helpful for you with this process of defining your ideal client is to maybe just free write, right? Take these questions and just think about like, who is this person that I feel called to work with? Um, And just free write, right? Like write about this person, make up their, um, 
you know, their story in terms of like their demographics. Like I said, they're this person, give them a name. They have two kids. They live in this kind of place. Like this is kind of their everyday life. Like if that would be helpful for you, um, by all means, go ahead and do that. All right. So once you have clearly defined your ideal client or you already feel clear on that piece, I want to jump into reason number two that you might not be attracting your ideal clients right now. And that is that your messaging is unclear. So like I said, once you truly know who your ideal client is, the next step is to tailor your messaging specifically to that person. Um, Because I'm sure you've heard this before, when you talk to everyone, you're actually talking to no one. Um, And that is because that when your message is so generic and broad, right? It's, it's really watered down because you're trying to appeal to a broad group of people and you don't want to say anything that would like turn anyone off because again, you're trying to, um, appeal to the biggest group possible with good intention. Like I get the reasoning behind that, but really what it's doing is that because it's so, um, generic, right? So watered down, no one strongly resonates with what you're saying. Like they might be like, oh yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, double tap or like it, but like it doesn't move them and it doesn't really speak to them. And we, we want to do that. We want people to read it and be like, oh my gosh, yes. Like that is just what I was saying to my husband yesterday. Or I was just thinking that earlier today. It's like you're inside my head, right? And the only way that you can get that type of reaction, that type of action from your messaging is when you are super specific. And so obviously being super specific is not going to appeal to the broad group of people. But that's what we wanna do here, right? We wanna be polarizing so that we are turning off the wrong people and really pulling in those perfect fit ideal clients, the people that you are called to work with. So in order to really, like I said, tailor your messaging specifically to your ideal client, um, I've got an action step for you and it's really twofold. Um, So what I want you to do, number one, is I want you to really get into the mindset of your ideal client. Um, I want you to open up a notebook or open up a new Google Doc and jot down these questions and literally like pause it if you have to and just jot down these questions so that you can go through them. So here they are. So what is my ideal client frustrated about in their everyday life as it relates to what you do? How is that impacting them in the long run? Right? So like, what are those everyday frustrations and how is that building up over time? What's the long-term impact implications of ignoring that problem or experiencing that problem? What have they done so far to try to solve that problem? And then why hasn't that worked for them? What does my ideal client want most of all as it relates to what you do? And then why is that important to them? So if you have a hard time answering these questions, I would encourage you to do market research, right? This is the twofold part of my suggestion here. I want you to really get into the mindset of your ideal client and take your best educated guess right now. But if you have a hard time answering them and maybe you've done market research in the past, that's probably a sign that it it would be best to do another round. Um, Or if you have never done market research before, you've never 
actually um, had a conversation with someone who is who is your ideal client, a potential client, um, and ask them these questions to get their own, like the exact words that they use. That is something that is absolutely crucial in business. And I would really encourage you to do that. All right, so we talked about defining your ideal client. We talked about making sure that your messaging is clear so that it really is speaking to your ideal client. And now I'm gonna share reason number three that you might not be attracting your ideal clients right now. And that is that you're not grabbing their attention, like visually. So if you are in the boat of you know who the person is that you're called to serve and you feel solid in your messaging, right? Like you have a clear idea of these everyday frustrations and pain points and what your ideal client wants, you feel like you are putting that out there, then it's time to take a look at your visuals in terms of your logo, your colors, your graphics, your website, right? All the fun, pretty stuff that people often associate with branding. And I am going to be super honest with you guys, right? Because I really wanna serve you well. And I'm going to say that you don't need professional looking branding when you're just getting started. In fact, I don't encourage women to invest until they have their first few clients, right? And they validated their offer and they know that this is, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, But here's when you do need professional branding is when you've gotten to the point where you've gotten those first few clients, you're ready to bump up your pricing because you've Like I said, you've validated your offer. You've gotten some social proof. You know this is what you want to do. You're ready to expand your audience. Then it's time. And the reason why I'm saying that is because when you're at that place where you are realizing all of a sudden like, oh, I'm attracting people who are wanting to pay these lower prices and they're not really taking me seriously. Like, I know what I'm doing now. I've kind of gotten these first few clients under my belt and I do really feel confident and competent in what I'm doing and now I'm not attracting those serious clients. That's where the visual brand comes in and that's how you can communicate, right? Um, That you are you know, in this for the long run, you're serious about your business, you know what you're doing, you know you can get your clients serious results, um, and you're the real deal. So that's how, you know, when you're at this place in your business and you've still got like the DIY visuals going along um, or going on, then it's sending a mixed signal and it's not communicating that message. And that's where looking at your visuals can be really powerful for your business. Um, And I want to say that what I'm about to share, whether or not you're at that place, is still going to be helpful for you. So I want you to keep listening if you are still maybe like you haven't gotten any clients yet. um, What I'm about to share is still going to benefit you. So Chances are you and your ideal clients share similar style preferences, right? Because I'm, you know, I'm talking here about building your personal brand. And so, you know, I want to remind you that your branding, your personal brand, um, it's still a middle point like of, of who you are and who you're called to serve. And so your visuals obviously is um, is the same in terms of you want it to be this wonderful middle ground between attracting 
um, your ideal client speaking to them, right? But then also being an authentic representation of who you are, um, helping them really connect with you. And that's why I said that chances are you and your ideal clients share similar style preferences, because when we talk about, um, you know, the people that you are best equipped to serve and the ones that you really mesh well with, like personality wise, value wise, um, that's where there's often a lot of similarities. And so, you know, to to use my business as an example, um, things that I value and things that my ideal clients also really value are things like, um, you know, more minimal, simple living. Um, I really value being in nature, being outside. As a result, I wear more earthy colors. I just kind of have maybe more of a like bohemian, um, minimal wardrobe style. And a lot of the people that I end up working with who are in my audience are the same, right? So that's just kind of an example of how, um, you know, sharing those similar style preferences. So, you know, with talking about this middle ground, if you go to one extreme or the other, um, it's not going to communicate the right message. So if you are just factoring in your style preferences, for example, um, say you really love butterflies or you really love sparkles. I don't know. (laughs) Thinking of random examples. Um, If there is something that just like has the special meaning to you, um, think about like, does that relate to your clients at all? Is that something that has meaning to them, right? Like, how does that make them feel? Um, Just kind of put it through this filter of like, is this really relevant to my audience though? Um, Because it could be, you know, again, using the butterfly example, like if butterflies are your jam and everyone that knows you well knows that you love butterflies, right? Then that's great. Maybe you can bring that in. But if not, if it's something that maybe you just picked butterflies because you like them, um, then maybe that can go. Uh, Another extreme is just factoring in your ideal clients in terms of um, thinking about like, how can I present myself? How can I show up online in a way that um, would be what they want, right? Because then when you lean to that that opposite side of the spectrum, you are kind of losing the personal touches that make your brand feel like you um, because they want to feel connected to you, right? They want it, um, you know, you want your brand to be a true reflection of who you are, just like I said. And so, yes, you want to, like I said, kind of filter through um, pieces of your your brand or your visuals that you're putting out there and make sure that it's either one, um, really something that is like a core value to you or something that is kind of signature to you, right? Um, Or something that is relevant to your audience. Because the last thing I want you to do is feel like, oh, I have to like ditch all the stuff that's personal to me so that I can just like show up how I think my audience wants me to show up and look Um, because that's a recipe for disaster and um, you're not going to feel good about the way that you're showing up. You're going to feel like you have to really put yourself together or kind of like present yourself in a certain way. Like you have to get things in order before you can just show up online versus just showing up as you are. And people can also tell too, right? Like if that's if that's the zone that you're in right now and you are 
um, just trying so hard to present yourself in a really professional way, right? Like maybe you are um, getting a little bit dressed up, like putting on a nicer outfit and doing your makeup and your hair every time you go live or anytime you you post pictures online, but like that's not really who you are. And really you love wearing t-shirts and your hair is usually in a crazy, crazy mom bun, um, <laughs> which is totally me. Um, like then that is where you can kind of reevaluate and see, um, hey, I think I'm actually creating a disconnect here by trying to present myself in a way that's not really true to myself. And again, I'm kind of repeating myself now, but again, realize that you and your ideal clients probably share similar style preferences, similar um, things in terms of that. So when you are showing up in your t-shirt and your mom bun, like that's going to be really relatable to them because that is real and they probably look the same right now if we're being honest. Um, so as you can tell, it's kind of a it's kind of a balance, like I said, in terms of um, you know being true to yourself, but also making sure that you're keeping it relevant to your audience. Um, and so I want to give you an action step, as I did with the other two um, other two points that I had. So action step for this one is create an inspiration board that reflects your style and speaks to your ideal clients. And I'm going to give you some questions to kind of prompt that. But I will say that if you are more of a visual person, um, I do have a video that walks you through this process of creating a Pinterest inspiration board. Um, And I will put the links to that in the show notes so that you can go check that out. So to get you started in this process, right, of creating this visual brand that is this wonderful middle ground, it's authentic to you, it really speaks to your ideal clients, it draws them in, we're going to be thinking about, um, you know, how to do that, how to communicate that visually. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about how do you want your audience to feel? Um, So I'll give you some examples. Um, do you want them to feel really grounded and like peaceful or comfortable at ease with themselves, um, at ease with you? Do you want to, um, you know, have a really approachable brand, right? Like think about those descriptive, emotive words. Um, or maybe you want your brand and your online presence to feel really like energetic and empowered, um, confident. You want it to be vibrant. Um, so think about whatever those emotions are for you. I would encourage you to pick a handful of, um, emotions to go off of. And then when you are on Pinterest, you can go and find images that make you feel that way. Um, so, you know, I'll use the example of cozy. Like if you want your brand to feel very comfortable, cozy, warm, authentic, um, you can literally just type in the word cozy on Pinterest or, authentic style or, um, you know, whatever, whatever those kind of words are that come to you, um, as far as the emotions, you can also think about, um, what sort of colors are you drawn to? What sort of textures are you drawn to? And by that, I mean, like, um, do you love like really comfortable sweaters, right? Do you love maybe fall is your favorite season and you love bundling up in like a chunky knit sweater, Um, or slipping on your Birkenstocks with wool socks. Like think about those kind of like textures to add in those feelings um, to your online presence. That's a great way to do that in terms of 
um, you know, getting all the senses in there. Um, what do you love, right? So is there, like I just gave the example of fall, is there um, anything else like coffee? <laughs> if you know me, you know I love coffee. Um, maybe you, uh, you know, you have something like sunflowers or butterflies, like the example I gave before. Like if there's something that you really love that is kind of signature to you and everyone knows that like, you know, anyone that knows Natalie knows I will never turn a cup of coffee down. Um, so I've got cu- coffee cups like in my Pinterest um, inspiration board because it also like not only is it something I love, but it also like it makes me feel comfortable, right? When you think about um, something that's like cozy and makes you feel at home, like a cup of coffee is is basically a blanket of love. Um, so think about whatever that is for you. If there's something that comes to mind, another idea is to think about, um, what does your home look like? Or if it is not up to par with, um, maybe how you would ideally love to decorate it, or you're not like in a home that you absolutely love. Think about what that dream home of yours would look like, um, Because, you know, you've probably heard the analogy of like your online presence, your online space is like your online home. And so think about it that way and think about maybe um, if you would love to someday live in a lake home, which is totally my dream home. I would love to live by a lake someday. Um, You know, think about what that home would look like. Again, think about those textures, the colors, um, you know, find images of of that. Um, Another way is to think about like, how do you make your guests feel welcome in your home? So again, maybe you give them a cup of coffee uh, or a cup of sweet tea um, or whatever it is for you. Maybe you light a candle, you put on music, you open up the windows, right? Think about these things that um, again are just bringing in all the senses because what you're doing with this Pinterest inspiration board is you are creating this board that when you look at it, like you can just feel it. Like it just feels like you, it it feels exactly those those emotions. Like it just evokes those emotions in you um, because this is a great way. Like this is what, you know, this is what I have every single one of my clients do um, because this is something that like you've got to really get into that zone of this is how I want people to feel. And then it's a great way to um, visually translate it, right? Because even if you're someone who is like, I'm not creative, which side note, we're all creative. But if you think you're not creative um, and you have a hard time like um, explaining this kind of stuff, then this is a great exercise for you to do because, you know, breaking it down into the questions that I told you, right, um, in terms of like your house or um, or your style. That's one that I didn't mention, but that's a great one, too, in terms of like what kind of clothes are you drawn to? Open up your closet, see what colors are in there, right? Um, when you break it down to these kind of very tangible things in terms of I love watercolor paintings, I love um, cozy sweaters, right? I love, um, denim. I don't know, whatever it is, like, it'll help you kind of visually communicate with your audience those feelings, right? Like, if, if you are, again, describing your brand as really grounded, authentic, down-to-earth, comfortable, then 
by creating this Pinterest inspiration board filled with things that make you feel like that. They make you feel grounded. They make you feel comfortable, cozy, then people will be able to see that, right? So I hope that's making sense. And again, I would encourage you to check out that video um, with the link in the show notes if you feel like that visual example would be helpful because I give you some of those same questions, um, but I'm also like walking you through sharing my screen, showing you how I do that and search for images and you can see my brand inspiration board um, as an example for you. So I'm going to quickly recap for you um, as we wrap up. So again, the three reasons why you might not be attracting your ideal clients right now are number one, you don't know who you're talking to. Um, And obviously, if that's the case, you want to really get clear and define who that ideal client is, who that person is that you feel the most called to work with right now, right? And again, get super specific on the demographics in terms of if they're a mom, what kind of mom are they? If they're a business owner, what kind of business do they have? Reason number two is that your messaging is unclear. And if you're in that boat, the action step for you is to really dive deep into the mindset of your ideal clients. Um, you know, go back and listen to those questions and write them down. Um, and then if you have a hard time answering those questions or you haven't done market research before, I would encourage you to do another round of market research um, and ask them those same questions, right? Those questions, actually, I'll just read read through them now for you if you needed to hear them again. Um, so they are, what is my ideal client frustrated about in their everyday life? How is that impacting them in the long run? What have they done so far to solve that problem? Why hasn't that worked for them? What does my ideal client want most of all? And then why is that important to them, right? So take those questions, really dive deep into them to get clear on your messaging. um, And then you can use those questions for market research also if you need to do that. And then tip number three for you was you are not grabbing their attention. So your visuals may need some work if you are still not attracting your ideal clients, even though you're clear on who they are and you have got your messaging down. Um, And the action step for you if you're in that boat is to create that inspiration board, right? That's that middle ground between your style, who you are, and also speaks to your ideal clients and draws them in. So I hope this was helpful for you. I love, as you can tell, talking about this stuff. It's super fun. Um, If you need help with any of these things, right? Clarifying your ideal client, creating your messaging, really getting clear on that, um, creating your visual brand. If you need any help with that, I want to help you, right? This is what I do. And if you do want to talk about that, you can head on over to bit.ly slash Natalie Arndt. I will also put that link in the show notes for you. Um, And we can talk about where you're at right now, right? This is a no pressure call. Um, It gives me a chance to hear where you're at and give you my advice, right? I wanna, I wanna help you with what you truly need right now at this point in your business. Um, you know, I offer brand strategy coaching sessions. Um, I do have visual branding packages, and I am going to be opening up the doors again um, very soon for the Brand with Purpose program. And if you have any questions about any of the things that I just mentioned, you're also welcome to shoot me an email over at hello at natalieart.com and I would be happy to help you out. Thank you so much for listening. If you've loved this episode, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. 
It means the world to me, but more importantly, it helps more women find and benefit from this show. And if you're not already plugged into the Presence and Purpose Facebook group, come join us. I want you to get plugged into the community and get the support you need because we're not meant to do this whole business thing alone. Until next time, 